Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. The monsters will now start attacking Tokyo. You may wish to deny it, but your eyes tell you it's true. Sound. I'll turn up the sound so you can hear the monsters dueling to the death. Welcome to episode 176 of the Kaiju Cast, a podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. My name is Kyle, and this is the second episode of June 2016, and this is a news episode, you guys. Here in the studio, I have Martin Vavra. Hey, glad to be back. Charles Babbage. Good evening. And Rachel Cook. Hi there. And we are going to be talking about, what did I say? Like 5,000 news items? 16, <laughs> 17. Like 17 yeah. different yeah. news items. We definitely have some housekeeping stuff, and I'm going to talk about what's going on at G-Fest, at least KaijuCast related. We're going to get to it right after uh, this music block. We're going to start with the Garamones Ultraman theme song, which is a request from Michael Deke. One, two, three, four.
Godzilla, champion and defender of Earth in the terror of Godzilla. Titanosaurus, Mechagodzilla, destroy them. He holds the front line of battle while in their spaceships, aliens command a deadly duel. Will the powerful serpent Titanosaurus' cyclone tail and the robot monster Mechagodzilla's lethal rays destroy Earth? See this ultimate test of power, the terror of Godzilla, rated G. And for those of you paying attention, uh, we played the Ultraman theme song from the Garamones album, and that was a request from Michael. And then after that, we followed that up with a Mothra vs. Godzilla track for Clancy, and I played the Terror of Mechagodzilla, actually the Terror of Godzilla English trailer audio. And now we are going to get into the news because, oh my God, you guys, I was saying this on the Facebook page. It makes me so happy that if I had the time to do it, I could actually record a weekly podcast with all of this crazy Godzilla news that's happening, all of these giant monster happenings that are going on. Uh, we're going to start things off with IDW. IDW Publishing is putting out a series, uh, a Godzilla series called Godzilla Rage Against Time. It is a five-issue miniseries, all very much like Godzilla Legends, if anybody here read that, which is each issue was its own individual, like, non-continuous story. The press release says IDW Publishing has announced solicitations for the first issue of Godzilla Rage Rage Across Time. I want to say Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> I don't think Godzilla would do that. He plays bass. He did a little bit like that in uh, in Godzilla X Megaguirus, but anyway. <laughs> Raging Across Time, a five-part miniseries from the creators behind the smash hit Godzilla in Hell. Following the tradition established in Hell, every issue of Godzilla Rage Across Time will see a new creative team of monstrous talent. The story for issue one is co-authored by Jeremy Robinson, who wrote Project Nemesis. You guys familiar with that? Anybody? Yes. I started to listen to the audiobook. Right. And and I fell off after the first couple of chapters just because of time. Okay, but, right. Uh, yeah, I haven't picked it up. Yeah, I I feel like I need to get uh I feel like I need, I need like I'm missing out <clears throat> and, by and, not reading this. And stuff. they've published the comic uh adaptation right. of it. And I yes. picked those up and I again haven't read it yet. They're in the stack. Oh, man. Tell me about the stack, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Got one myself. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so and also artist Matt Frank was involved, uh, who, of course, worked on Godzilla Rulers of Earth and he worked on Project Nemesis. Uh, Godzilla Rage Across Time will be available for comic shops and retailers in August 2016. The issue features variant covers by Matt Frank, Bob Eggleton. Uh, who did Godzilla in Hell? Who doesn't know Bob Eggleton that listens to this podcast, right? And, uh, <laughs> Ulysses Freinas. I hope I said that right. Who also worked on an issue of Godzilla in Hell. Uh, anyway, that is available. I've got a link in the show notes to the Sci-Fi Japan article about that particular comic. And they've got a funny tagline, which I'm going to read in a comedic voice. <laughs> Move over, dinosaurs! Monsters used to rule the planet. Travel to different time periods to examine the origin of myths that fueled the nightmares. In this first installment, Godzilla brings his terror to feudal Japan. It's actually <laughs> That's a, a cool really idea. cool concept. <laughs> and when I was at Monster Palooza, I saw Chris Mowry, and he was sort of talking me up about this. And it sounds like it's going to be really <laughs> fun, really <laughs> fun. Nice. So, you know, something very See? different from what we're usually getting, kind of like Godzilla in Hell was very different, mm-hmm. but still very cool and very fun. Hopefully this also satisfies that same thirst. Next up, we have Kraken releasing, finally putting out Godzilla 1985. 
No, right. not oh. exactly. Yes and no situation. If you didn't know about this, <clears throat> uh, the, no, we'll have a link in the show notes to Sci-Fi Japan's article about this. But basically, they're releasing the return of Godzilla. So they're releasing the Japanese and the international version, not oh. the English dub hmm. of it. Hmm. Uh, it'll be published by Kraken, distributed by Section 23. Uh, it pretty much is just going to have the English version the, like I said, the international version, the Japanese version, and then trailers, and that's it. Those are going to be the the entirety of the disc. However, that is the last movie. That is the last Godzilla movie. It has never been released on DVD here in the States. Never been released on Blu-ray. And finally, you guys. Excellent. <laughs> finally, it's here. And it's funny because this movie, like obviously Godzilla 1985, but not the international version, that movie is so nostalgic to a wide like cut mm-hmm. of Godzilla fans, myself included, of course. So I will, of course, be picking it up because, in my opinion, you have to buy these things right when they're released. Otherwise, you run the risk of the dreaded moratorium tax, which will kill you in the long run. <laughs> People sell, trying to sell Atragon on DVD for like $500. It makes me want to puke. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, anybody else picking that up? <clears throat> I'm tempted. I've never seen the Godzilla Returns. I've seen, obviously, Godzilla in 1885, but I, I don't know ultimately what the differences are. Besides probably the obvious. I mean, Raymond Burr yeah, edition. That, yeah. but, uh, it's very similar yeah. to what they did in 1956 with Raymond Burr. I mean, in, in all honesty, I think that Godzilla in 1985, the Americanized version, did a lot of good things, made a lot of smart cuts to the Japanese version, which, to be perfectly honest, can be a little dry, a little boring. Mm. But regardless, it's pretty awesome that they're releasing it yeah. finally, finally. And, of course, I still have my mm, home <laughs> copies, I'll just say. <laughs> uh, yeah, and actually, speaking of this uh, this particular release, Kraken releasing, if you guys are familiar with um, – if you're not familiar with them, I should say – the guy who runs Kraken Releasing used to run AD Vision or ADV Films back in the day. If anybody's familiar with that, that is the company that put Gamera, Guardian of the Universe, and the rest of the Gamera series out on DVD. Oroji the Eight-Headed Dragon. Oh, okay. Just a ton of stuff, man. I mean, basically, they they filled the void. Oh, D- Daimajin, the Yokai films. <laughs> like, all that stuff came out from ADV, thank God. Otherwise, we wouldn't have been able to get them legitimately here in the States. Or, you know, because at the time, seriously – bootlegs not to go off on a tangent but bootlegs people weren't even touching the yokai films like back back in the day because it was a lot of work to subtitle a film that had not been subtitled by Mm -hmm. its parent distributor right so nobody thought that the yokai films or ultra q at the time were worth subtitling god that made me mad (laughs) like as a fan uh but so i had all these bootleg versions of some of that stuff with no subs and then finally adv comes out and subtitles everything so god bless you godzilla bless you (laughs) adv films uh anyway there's a really killer interview done by anthony romero where he talked to matt greenfield about his new company kraken releasing um now, I'm going to be a little bit of a jerk, and I just copied a relevant part of this interview, but I definitely say if you're interested in hearing what Greenfield has to say, you should actually go over and read that whole article. But regarding the Godzilla 1985, the Americanized version, here's what Greenfield had to say. 
no, there won't be any G85. We tried, but there are just so many problems involved with that version. There was a time when film distributors could buy all the rights to a title in perpetuity and then do anything they want with it. That's why the U.S. has What's Up, Tiger Lily? He says, but times have changed and both companies and entertainment companies are getting a lot more vigilant as the film business has transitioned from a number of smaller national markets that existed in comparative isolation to a much more globalized model. Once you start rearranging scenes and adding new actors, additional music, etc., things start to get out of control. And Godzilla 1985 is one of those scenarios. The too-long-didn't-read version of this article, this interview, is that more is coming from Kraken Films, and you should keep an eye on them. And I'll have a link in the show, note of course, show notes, of course, to the interview on Toho Kingdom. Next up, this is something that um, this is ridiculous and silly, and uh, we're just going to deal with this. Are you guys familiar with Gudetama? Anybody here in the room familiar with Gudetama? I am not. Uh, I am. Okay. I figured if anybody was, it was going to be Rachel. Gudetama is a Sanrio character like uh, Hello Kitty, Bats Maru, Karopi, I think, the frog. Yes. Gudetama is a lazy egg <laughs> who does not... <laughs> Who does not want to be disturbed? And I know that I promise this is going to pay off in a very small way when it's done, <laughs> all said and done. But I want you guys to see this. This is just a quick little video of uh, of Gudetama, just to give you guys a a taste of what Gudetama is all about. Mm, breakfast. So he's saying he's cold. <laughs> and then he puts the piece of bacon over him to cover up at the, in the end. But yeah, <laughs> it's like the lazy egg that doesn't want to do things. <laughs> what do you think, Rachel? I love it. You love, yeah. yeah. Lady Kyle oh, yeah. loves Gudetama as well. Yeah. I like Gudetama. <laughs> I think it's funny. <laughs> anyway, uh, we found out about Gudetama from my friend Nick and his wife Denise uh, up in <laughs> Seattle. <laughs> but Gudetama has become a phenomenon, essentially. And so now okay. in Japan, they actually have – I don't know if they have like full-blown Gudetama stores anymore, <laughs> but uh, they have Gudetama stuff. And so now um, there is a Gudetama – Godzilla tie-in or tie-up or merchandising crossover happening. Hmm. It's it's very oh, it's not super cool. Nothing like super like nothing that I'm like oh my god I've got to have it. But uh, it definitely has enough stuff that I I did place an order for some items. So uh -huh. if you look at your your screen share there, oh my god! So there's there's <laughs> wow. Gudetama laying on top lazily laying on top of Minya who's lazily laying on top of Godzilla. So, oh. yeah, so this is obviously getting approval from Rachel. And, uh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there's a few different products that they have on like stores like Ami Ami and Hobby Search and, oh and places like that where you can get these things. I will have a link in the show notes to the Anime News Network article about this. Is this cool? You guys like this version of the news being able to share yeah. stuff like this? Yeah, it's nice sure. to be able to see what we're talking about. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, that's cool because we're going to move on to our next item, which is Subaraya on July 9th is holding an Ultraman anniversary event. And uh, they said 
in Japan, July 9th is officially recognized as Memorial Day, and as it's the day that Ultraman began. To celebrate the 50 years since that day, Subaraya and TBS are holding a two-day celebrity-filled event in the Suginama Kokaido area. Uh, the main event is Saturday, July 9th. We'll have a concert. Artists will include... I'm not, you know what? I'm not even going to say all these names because I don't know these so well. So what we're going to do is I'm going to show you guys the craziness of the uh, actual event information here. So and you guys in the listening can listen along and then click the link of the show notes to see this as well. It's called A Day of Ultraman in Suginami Kokaido. And they have uh, a concert with all of these rock stars who I don't know who they are, but... <laughs> I'm sure that they are a draw. Then they have the original freaking cast of Ultraman. Oh, man. I mean, as much as you can these days. Mm. And uh, and then there's more Ultraman guests. Look down there. There's Tomu Haraguchi and Shinji Higuchi down on the bottom. And then uh, I think these two guys up at the top. Man, it's just it's crazy how much stuff they've got going on. This is definitely a wonderful time to be alive and in Japan. <laughs> which I am not, but I will be okay. Anyway, they say small merchandise shops will be open all weekend. Fan club tickets are on sale from May 18th to midnight on the 22nd. That falls in line to where we are right now, right? You can do it, you guys. General tickets go on sale May 28th. For more information, visit the uh, link of the show notes. And holy crap, what a celebration. Oh, that would be so cool How to go. How badass would that be to be yeah. in Japan this year for the 50th oh. anniversary of Ultraman? Be awesome. <sighs> So speaking of Ultraman stuff, August Ragoni was recently in Los Angeles filming a segment. You know, he's been doing the Shout Factory marathons. Yeah, yeah. a few of them. So uh, he's doing filmed segments for a new marathon or a new event, I should say, because none of this has been confirmed by Mr. Ragoni. But there's a photo of him playing with Ultra Kaiju. Uh, so I'm pretty sure that means that we can assume that there's going to be an Ultraman marathon. I hope on so. On Shout Factory. <laughs> and... You know, just because I know August, I'm just going to say, I'm going to call it right now, Saturday, July 9th, which is the anniversary of Ultraman. That's when they're going to be doing it. That would be logical. Nice. That would be logical. The unfortunate thing is I have family in town that weekend, so I don't know that they're going to be cool with me just sitting around watching Ultraman all day. You should be like, this is what we've planned (laughs) for you. Yeah, I've got a great plan today, you guys. It's going to be awesome. I think they would love that. I think that they would really love that. You should just be like, look, this is why we love Ultraman. This is all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You think they would be into it? No. 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 How it's much my mother it's my mother in law, my sister in law, and my nephew. <sighs> I'm, I, I'm pretty sure it's not gonna happen. I'm actually flying back from Austin that day, so I'm gonna miss part of it. Mm. I'm crying on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we're gonna go ahead and move on along to our next items. <laughs> so slash film reported earlier, I think earlier this month, that uh, Gareth Edwards, yes. the director of the legendary Godzilla film, mm-hmm. is leaving the pre-production of Godzilla 2. It's true. It's true. And uh, I posted on the uh, the internet, you know, pardon me while I do a jig. <laughs> <laughs> and then I followed that up by saying, hey, all right, now let's get Max Bornstein off the picture too. You know, So <laughs> those two things would help me out in the long run. But I mean, what do you guys think of that announcement when it came out? I think it's good. It yeah. depends on who they follow it up with. That's true. That's yeah. true. 
That's true. But while I agree with you, and I think that's a gamble for Godzilla fans, like mm-hmm. who are we going to get to replace Gareth Edwards, who obviously is a fan himself. And that's great. I mean, that is great. Um, but, you know, for me, I just I want to see somebody else in that director's chair, somebody else in the screenwriting chair. And you know, give I me think somebody that's, different. That's oh, yeah. the key to mm-hmm. it to me is is just variety. You know, it's it's one of those franchises. I think it's great to mix it up with a different um, mindset and uh, direction. Yeah, so, totally. You know, I'm. You know, you watch all these Marvel movies, all these other franchises where they have the same person directing each. Like, I mean, Joss Whedon didn't need to do two in a row, and I think with these franchises, it's good to mix it up with yeah. a different, different. But I think we get team. a lot of. We do get some mixing up with the Marvel stuff, right? Though didn't uh, no. I mean, well, like you I, have like the not, Russo brothers are in there now with the last two two Captain America. Yeah, Favreau did some. And he did. Yeah, he did Iron two Man's Iron Man's. Two, Man's yeah. in a row. You know, it's like I mix it up a little bit more than that. <laughs> not don't don't give them two movies each. Just yeah. Say, well, yeah. yeah, yes and no because part of that too. I, I don't know how much of it is in, in with the Godzilla stuff, but Marvel being the example. There's only so many calls a lot of those directors are making on these big franchise films. There's some big overhead that's making calls on these guys. Like they're doing the day to day stuff. They're working with the actors right. and the crew on things, but the big layout of how it's all going down with the story and everything is really decided above their heads. Yeah. And see, that's to me, that's why I think this is not a bad thing. As one of the reasons I think this is not a bad thing, because if you, Think about who's behind all this. It's really Thomas Tull. Thomas right. Tull is the dude who wanted Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Thomas Tull is the guy who said, I want my company to make King Kong versus Godzilla. Nobody pitched that to Legendary. Legendary mm-hmm. was just like, oh my God, we We're got Godzilla. After. We're doing this, you know? Mm-hmm. And to me, that, that is uh, almost a, a more, uh, like a stronger statement from Legendary than than what Gareth Edwards produced as the, as the actual movie. I mean, I, I, I think legendary is awesome. I, I mm-hmm. would have, tr- I, they don't produce gold every single time for every single one of their films, but you know, I, I look at what they've done and it makes me excited for their, their movie future generally. Yeah, no, I think it, I think it can definitely be a good thing. It really depends on who they decide to helmet next, because there has been also this trend of taking indie filmmakers and rolling the dice with them going right in from indie filmmaking to these huge franchise bits. Uh, you know, there was, uh, uh, the guy who ended up, who did Chronicle, who did Fantastic Four. And mm-hmm. that was tragic on, on a lot of levels for a lot of different people. Uh, but the guy who did, uh, and, and Chronicle was a $12 million movie. This guy went into a $140 million movie. The guy who did Safety Not Guaranteed, that was a $400, $400,000 film. It had really good critical review and he went into Jurassic World and that thing clearly did very well and everybody wants him back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So oh, really? Oh, I, I had heard, I, I guess I wasn't following mainstream reviews. I had heard Jurassic World was horrible. I didn't say so, it was good. I oh, said okay. they all wanted him back and it made I a lot see. of money. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I, I like see that where you're going with that. Okay. That you got in there, <laughs> I, oh, I'm sorry. I may not follow mainstream reviews. But, uh, that was unintentional. <laughs> I'll certainly agree with you there, Martin. That it doesn't almost doesn't matter who the director is because the the way the decisions are made, you know, the way these franchises are really marketed about overseas sales and not so much what's you know it's just really over too here. bad 
Yeah, it's uh, so so. But at the same time, though, I mean, you look at the Russo brothers as the Marvel example. I mean, that is definitely their influence on those two movies. And, oh, definitely. But they so, had that so, whole their whole world of, of Arrested and, Development prior to that yeah. really sharpened their skills. And they were tight. And so it is possible that whoever gets in there certainly could put their their spin on it and, yeah. and some influence. So um, do you? So I, I agree. I, I think you're right. It, I mean, like if you were whispering in the ear of Thomas Tull, like who would you point him in the direction Me. of? Me. <laughs> yeah. I should have known that was coming. Let's say Almost he said, let's say he goes, Martin, that's great, but we really want you for King Kong versus Godzilla. Who do we want for Godzilla 2? Uh, <laughs> that's a really good question because there isn't really. Also, you don't want real, you really don't want to direct Godzilla, dude, because fans will just, fans are. <laughs> dude you don't want you don't want to subject yourself kaiju yes, cast listener fans are yeah. awesome but like yes like i do the horribleness of fandoms in general i'm just kidding i'm but, I'm, so, yeah. I'm prepared for your grueling judgment um <laughs> <laughs> that's a really tough call because um it's you know that you know godzilla to me is a very difficult thing in that you have a fan base that is very well uh, loved and appreciative of the material and understands it very well. And then you have, uh, the decisions of people who are trying to make something that's very mainstream mm-hmm. and is going to make a lot of money and you're going to create a tent pole. And the, the standard folks that are going to love everything that is about Godzilla isn't going to necessarily love everything about the Gareth Edwards version or about the next oh, version no, if they try yeah, to make it a tent yeah. pole. So it's, uh, uh, it that's a really really tough call to put in there because what else is out there that's like a Godzilla movie that's true to the nature of it or who's out there that's gonna make a tentpole film and, and that's really gonna be in lockstep with exactly what a major theater wants or a major studio wants because right. if really if that's what it comes down to these guys are calling the beats you can you could pull in almost any kind of like middle middle level director who's going to have some influence on character on set. Yeah. But is really going to follow what the studio wants. I, I, I mean, I literally don't know who I would call. You kind of sound this. down on the system, man, which is okay. That's not <laughs> no, a problem. It's a, it's I'm a not difficult, telling you you can't be down on the system. It's but. a difficult system. It's a really difficult time to make a film. Right. And, but and, if they said we've tapped so-and-so who would get you, to like go, oh, sweet. Like when you're thinking about Godzilla. Uh, who would be, let's see. Actually. Uh, so you're, you're obviously in a bad position because I asked you first. Rachel and Charles have all this time of you stalling to like think of their answers. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> I would love there are two directors that immediately yes, come honestly, to mind. Yeah. Shane Black and Edgar Wright. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say Edgar Wright, Wright could do a good job for sure. Those would be the two people that immediately come to mind. Okay, so Edgar Wright is the guy from the Cornetto trilogy that is Shaun of the Dead, yep. Hot Fuzz, and World's End. World's, World's End. End. Thank yep. you. Uh, he also did Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim versus the World, which I personally love. One of I love that Blu-rays film. I bought. Yep. Uh, Shane Black, I know what he did, but it's sort of in the back. So he did, he did Iron Man three, which I really enjoyed. Uh, he's got the nice guys that is out right now. And then he did kiss, kiss, bang, bang. And he's really been a writer. He came out and he wrote lethal weapon back in the day. He, uh, uh, what else, man, he's written just a long, the long kiss. Good night. One of my favorites. Okay. Okay. Yep. Shane Black. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was also, uh, Hawkins and predator. 
Yeah, he was in the original Predator no movie way. as okay. one of the. He's he was an old. actor, Ooh, and nice. now he's writing. The young guy and with directing. glasses telling the bad jokes. That was. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, I just watched that movie yeah. recently again. And he's the writer too. and director for the new the new Predator film. that's called yeah. The Predator. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Oh. Okay, so Shane Black, I, I, I'm going to actually count that as your vote for yeah. Shane Black. Okay. Even though I, Edgar Wright, I can ima- I can't imagine. Yeah. I, yeah, well, you said Shane Black. You actually threw me off there because that's that's I like that better than anything I could think of. <laughs> Shane Black is awesome. All right, I, I love that guy. Yeah. Okay, Rachel. Unless Charles has something to add, you know, I mean, I, I have like <laughs> yeah. these, I have these favorite directors, but you know, when I think about them, I was like, I don't know if I would want to subject subject them to Godzilla. Right? Yeah. I mean, you I know, think that's, that's a, there's a, that, it's it's a very weird because it takes a very <laughs> specific kind of person that can see that through in a way that could be entertaining, I think. Right. You know, it's like JJ Abrams. I, I'm not suggesting him. I'm saying him as an example. I, I've liked things that he did mm-hmm. in the past pre star Trek, mm-hmm. and I never would have suggested him for star Trek. And, and the results were not favorable to me. Gotcha. So, so it's like at the time I would have been like, yeah, JJ Abrams. Awesome. But I didn't like the results. And that's kind of where I'm thinking. You know, I like, I like guys like Duncan Jones, I don't know if I haven't seen Warcraft, so I, I don't know either, how well that yeah. turned out, but I like him a lot. And he's the kind of guy that would bring a lot to something like this. But then in the end, I don't know if I'd subject him to like, I'd rather <laughs> almost see some of these guys I like, like Duncan Jones do smaller movies. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't want to put him into the, the whirlwind of something like Godzilla. All He's right. really good with character. Yeah. I like the way he creates Duncan his, his yeah. character development. Yeah. He's uh, in my opinion, that's mm-hmm. one of the things that's really brilliant about moon with him is because he just, <laughs> he movie. develops such a good character out of one person. Yeah. See, yes. I would get nervous about that from, uh, just from the moon aspect because moon had that, had such a great indie vibe. I loved moon. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, but like character development while it's great, I don't know if I'd want, I'd, I'd want somebody that that was a little broader than just the character development. So I don't right. know what but else. But let me done. ask you: you want a plot driven person? L- yeah, but let me ask you this: We're talking about Godzilla specifically. Isn't isn't that the character that needs the development? No, I think everybody needs development. But I think Godzilla as a character definitely <laughs> needs more development than he got what, in the first. Film. That's my point. Is, and he is needs to you be almost a little need, bit more of a character? You need somebody that will actually put that character into. Him. Yes, and I completely somebody, agree. Somebody that understands character. I don't know that mm-hmm. Gareth Edwards really. I mean, I, I saw monsters. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't know if I really got character yeah. from that mm-hmm. piece. No. And I, I only laugh because I did not enjoy monsters. I am. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I was bored, yeah, but you know. But that was an attempted character. uh, But specifically about the characterization and his ability to direct those two actors. Like, I really did not care for them at all. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was very real. I really didn't care about (laughs) them. Anyway, uh, what about you, Rachel? Where are you sitting on this? Or do you, I mean, do you even, I mean, since you don't follow mainstream stuff, do you know directors from mainstream Hollywood that you would tap for that? I don't know a lot of current big names because I don't care for a lot of the current big movies, but there's, so I wouldn't recommend any of them, but, um, but but I was going to say Guillermo del Toro just because of course, I mean, obviously Pacific Rim was phenomenal. I love that movie still. I still watch it all the time and he knows how to do a kaiju film. And so of course I think that's the obvious pick that, okay, give it to him, man. Um, well, but he, he, I think he, I want, I would want him to start from scratch. I wouldn't want him to come in for a sequel and also have to with, kinda, with built. something already built. Yeah. Okay. So, 
But he That's did with tricky. Blade. He came in. Yeah. He came into Blade and arguably made the best Blade movie. Absolutely, oh. I agree. He did Blade Two. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, super fun movie. Yeah, I I loved those movies. Yeah, mm -hmm. but and he's the yeah. kind of guy. That's if you ever wonder, did Blade Guillermo del Toro great. direct this? Just you know, <laughs> did he have Ron Perlman in the movie? Right. <laughs> was there was Ron Perlman in the movie? Yes or no? Yeah. Yeah. Chances so, are high, but yeah, uh, yeah, he did that movie. It was really good. He's mm -hmm. he's the kind of director that's totally capable of this kind of movie, mm -hmm. and so it's almost kind of an obvious choice. Yeah. Uh, but but it'd be fun to see. Yeah, yeah I, and, I, and I rejected it in my head mm -hmm. because I think that he is at his best when he has his Pan's Labyrinth level budgets and yeah. not his uh, and not his uh, Hellboy level budgets. Well, the, the first Hellboy was that. almost a Pan's Labyrinth budget. Though. Uh, they were, but <laughs> for Hellboy three, the reason Hellboy three is not going forward is he wants one hundred and seventy million dollars to True. do it, yeah. and that's my issue. When he was <laughs> doing twenty five million dollar movies, forty million dollar movies, the guy was killing it, and and I think that he bowed very well with Pacific Rim. And then that large budget thing took over with Crimson Peak and gave us a very beautiful aesthetically amazing film that didn't deliver on Do you know anything what the budget else. was for Crimson hmm. Peak? I think it was nine ninety million, eighty five million. Okay. But still like Pacific Rim is like well over no no no. Pacific Rim was in the was it only 120? I think it was 120. I think you can look that up. I can definitely look that up. So I had something. I was in a video chat a few weeks ago. Looks like 160. One, 180. Wow. 180. 180. Yeah. So I was in a video chat a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about this news and I was doing the same thing that I would do on this show. I was ranting about how happy I was mm -hmm. that Gareth Edwards was not on the project anymore because, uh, because of my reasons for not enjoying his, uh, what he did in the movie. I mean, but there are, th I'm very happy that a Godzilla movie came out. I couldn't be, Happier with how popular kaiju have become in the mainstream media, and that's freaking awesome and so great. But uh, for for my money, I think that the problem I had with the first Godzilla movie is that we weren't given what we thought we were going to be getting. Like, we were sort of told all the way up to the beginning, and half that crap doesn't even matter. But, like, we all thought we were getting a scary Godzilla movie, something yeah. like the first – Godzilla film, you know, mm -hmm. in terms of like, oh my gosh, the terror. Mm -hmm. And it just mm -hmm. it wasn't there. So um, with them announcing a sequel, and then of course the sequel to that sequel, King Kong versus Godzilla, I think there's no way you can do King Kong versus Godzilla seriously. You have to have some kind of element of comedy, even if it's as uh, subtle as the as the comedic elements that you you get in the Godzilla films, the Japanese Godzilla films. So I would like to see something in that second film bridge the gap between the first film and I mean I'm not saying make Godzilla versus King Kong a comedy. That is not what I want. I want this movie to show us the lighter side of this stuff, but still be awesome. Well, is that the Skull Island film? Is that Skull Island separate. is kind of separate. That is a separate yeah, one yeah. as well. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So Godzilla 2, nobody knows anything about it right now, and especially now that there's no director. Mm -hmm. So what I would classify as the type of movie that I would like to go see when I go see Godzilla, it would be an action epic film. Like somewhere in between an action movie and a 
um, a disaster film. That's what I would like to see. But something like an action film where there's like a little bit of like nodding to the camera, winking, you know, little one-liners here and there. Not funny. Like Lethal Weapon, right? You said Shane Black, right? Yeah, yeah. Lethal Weapon is a, actually a really great example. As gory and as action-based and explodey in 80s as that is, there's still elements of comedy into it that make that film more enjoyable to me. Yeah, and well, it's mm-hmm. it's it's an action movie with comedic elements. Like American Werewolf is a horror movie with some comedic elements. They're yeah, not comedies. Example, I yeah. mean, that's, that's yeah. it's yeah. a nice. It's just a funny and a good balance. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree. Absolutely. It's, it's, so imagine seeing Godzilla two where he's battling. And I'm just going to say this is my idea for Godzilla two, which would be you know he he uh, finds an island where Mothra and Rodan both happen to be. You know, on big like a big island, and then there's a big battles between them, and then. At the end of the movie, they have to do something together to fight off a menace. We were talking about King Ghidorah at one point. Like, I don't know if you could have King Ghidorah in the next movie as well. But anyway, yeah. (laughs) Legendary. Get on that space, Godzilla, buddy. Anyway, what I was going to say is that imagine seeing Godzilla fighting these monsters and having more personality. He did have some personality in Godzilla in the first legendary film. But having more. Like, you know, if you see two big muscle-bound actors beating the crap out of each other in, like, for example, let's use Captain America Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. Captain America in the very beginning is fighting a dude who's got some serious skills, and he's all like, oh, I thought you weren't going to fight, you know, maybe you won't fight with your shield or something like that. And then they get into a big battle, and, like, in between the punching and stuff, there's, like, little tiny hints of humor Mm -hmm. that make Mm -hmm. it more personable and makes you – care about those characters makes you care about the outcome of that fight right. so i'd like to see that transferred not just to the human characters but to the larger cast as well without the kaiju cast which is what i'm talking about well that's weird to say out loud <laughs> anyway uh yeah for that to happen and for us to really get a feel for those monsters and give them personality a little bit of humor so that you can transition to what king kong versus godzilla or godzilla versus king kong should be in 2020, you know, <laughs> a million years from now. That's that's my call. That's what I would say. 2020 will be here before you know it. I know, right? We're mm-hmm. already having to deal with all the garbage from 2016. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I want to see. Those are my thoughts on Gareth Edwards leaving. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't wish Gareth any ill. I mean, if he if he stayed on the project, I would still hope for the best. But... Mm-hmm. What if he did this to helm the Hollywood version of Ultraman? Yeah, good luck. <laughs> good luck with that one. It's a it's a movie. Let's pitch this in the elevator for a second. It's a it's a movie about a space cop who gets gigantic and fights giant monsters. Where are you going? Come back. I'm not finished talking to you about this. <laughs> That's the elevator pitch I imagined for this. Uh, anyway, we're going to go ahead and move along to the next item because I think we spent enough time on that. Unless you guys really have things to say. Rachel, you almost nah. looked like you had something to say there. No. Okay, just making sure. Uh, so, Gormaru Island has uh, pictures of the Ban Presto figure. So, you guys weren't here for this, but Ban Presto released these Godzilla figures back in 2004, I think they were this tall, like big, tall figures Mm -hmm. and they retailed for $25. Yeah. So, uh, anytime, in fact, down on the bottom shelf of this middle glass cabinet, that's one of the band presto figures that came out around that time. So cheap, 
totally worth it. Absolutely mm-hmm. worth mm-hmm. it. So it's really cool to finally be able to see what we're going to be getting from uh, from Ben Prestro from this. And I'm pretty sure, if I'm correct, uh, Yuji Sakai sculpted this too. So, ding. That's my that's my endorsement for that. I'll have a link in the show notes to some sort of information about that. I think uh, we are going to go ahead and move along to gosh you know there's so much stuff we're not going to even be able to cover everything <laughs> um <clears throat> so in ikabukuro which is where i've stayed usually when i go to tokyo there's an area called sunshine city if you watch the godzilla documentary they're the hail to the king documentary and we went to that godzilla exhibition that was also being held in sunshine city uh so that's just to sort of give you a weird location not like mm-hmm. you guys have ever been there but uh, there's an area in there called Namja Town, which is Namco's sort of like, I don't know, mini theme park. I don't know what it's called, oh. but, it's, but it's like an area inside of this mall called mm. Namja Town. Uh, they are celebrating their 20th anniversary with the arrival, with the arrival of an event called Shin Gojira versus Namja Town that starts July 15th and goes through September 25th. And it will feature an augmented reality Godzilla game where you go toe-to-toe against Godzilla himself. (laughs) (laughs) It's called Godzilla Attack Sortie G-Force. And I have some details here from Gormaru Island, which is, man, they've been a fantastic resource as of late, uh, where you can basically figure out how to get there if you can, in fact, get there. Because if I was going to be there between uh, July 15th and September 25th, I would absolutely go and see what this VR thing is, or yeah. this augmented reality thing is all about. And if that wasn't enough, later on we're going to be talking about another Godzilla virtual reality tech thing too. So more to come on that. Uh, additionally, from this Namja town, they have like food and stuff. And so they've got like Godzilla-themed food in this uh, in this area. It might be like when we were there for um, – for the Godzilla, big Godzilla special effects exhibition, there was also Ultra Festival, which is happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so what ended up happening was there were places inside the mall that were serving Ultraman-related food. So I'm guessing that's the same thing that's happening right now. Hmm. And uh, I'm so sorry to the world that I'm not there so I can report <laughs> on it. I've got a Kickstarter set up so I can get over there. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Once was enough for that. Thanks. But uh, yeah, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. And um, more Godzilla stuff, please. The Tokyo Toy Show happened recently, and Bluefin had a whole bunch of SH Monster Arts updates. And I'm showing these guys pictures of the 1989 Godzilla. That's So a normal uh, Monster Arts figure is about this big, right? right. So mm-hmm. this is a Monster Arts uh, 1964 figure. This is the Monster Arts Bachelor figure. So they're not huge figures. Right. So the new... Godzilla, the 1989 Godzilla, I think it's going to be about eight inches tall and it's got light up fins. It nice. roars. And uh, if that's not all, if that's not enough, it also plays music. And there's um, <laughs> somewhere in here. Here we go. This is uh, the toy demo. This is, oh, dude, some of these places have really killer videos for their toys nice so i just thought i'd play this real quick because it's gonna be rad monster 
I should narrate this in English. <laughs> His thighs are the size of your face. <laughs> Bluish-white LEDs faithfully recreate the light effects from the films that are used to expertly recreate the moments before Godzilla's releases his atomic breath. That's a cool light. Dude, this is super cool. He's capable of playing six different sound effects used in the film. <laughs> and the, the light-up gimmick in the back of his fins is also timed with those sounds. Oh, wow. Music. And he plays music. Two types of iconic background music. See, this is like... This is for the kids who need no imagination. <laughs> I, I actually kind of want this thing, and I don't, I don't have any guns. Dude, toys. it's pretty awesome. I mean, it's it looks really good. Yeah, it's very nice. The powerfully resounding roar, brightly illuminated lights, dramatically realistic music. Experience a new SH Monster Arts. Yeah, dude. And Do so they have a price on that? Wow. Uh, yes, almost $200. <laughs> oh. Wait, and, the, and, you, and this thing's barely over a foot tall? Yeah, dude, normally these things are about 100 bucks each. Oh wow, yeah. their detail is amazing. I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah, I will, I will warn anybody who does not collect SH Monster Arts figures that some of the first ones that they released have been pretty terrible in terms of staying together. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that's not going to be an issue with, uh, with anything coming out. But there you go, man. Uh, not only do they have the gigantic Bio-Goji from Godzilla vs. Biollante, They've also done this bad boy. Oh, They've wow. got their own Shin Godzilla, and it looks pretty fantastic. Wow. That's going to retail for 12,960 yen <laughs> for you that don't do the conversions automatically in your head like I do. That's about, uh, that's less than 130 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty beautiful, but it is SH Monster Arts, so it's tiny. <laughs> yeah. I'm personally going to be waiting for, uh, Another item that I'll talk about in a minute. Um, so last time, Rachel, when you were on the show, we mm-hmm. talked about the Evangelion Godzilla crossover, the tie-up. Yeah. So this here is an SH Monster Arts limited release where he's painted up like one of the EVA robots. That's cool. Um, this is silly to me, but the um, the one that makes more sense is for X-Plus to release a limited edition uh Mecha Godzilla, like Kiryu Mecha Godzilla, painted up like the EVAs, which is That'd way be, cooler. That, They've yeah, got a red one and a purple one. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's the way to go. X Plus has officially shown up as H Monster Arts, in my opinion. I think <laughs> if I was a big fan of Evangelion, then I would I would really dig the Godzilla. But since I don't I don't follow the show, I, I don't really yeah. know what to relate it to. So. No, I hear you. I yeah. totally hear you. So you guys who are looking at this stream still, and I'll have a link in the show notes to this stream. These are the, like, this is the SH Monster Arts line here. So you've got some really expensive stuff like Mecha King Ghidra and King Ghidra and uh, Destroya and Biollante. Those things retailed, I think, for just about 200 or more as it was. So, and they're, they're the normal size. Good stuff though. I mean, the sculpting has been phenomenal. They get like, talented sculptors like Taichi Yamada. I think Shinichi Wakasa did oh, some stuff. Dorats. Yeah, they put Dorats. They had Dorats that came with Mecha, uh, with Mecha King Ghidra. I did so not get cute. that. I know. They're adorable. <laughs> they're like the only Dorats figures that I know of. Anyway, so that's that. Uh, another thing that happened at the Toy Tokyo 
the Tokyo Toy Show, excuse me, was they had a um, human scale Godzilla figure here. Oh, <laughs> and, oh cool. Um, I don't know. I, I, I can't imagine that they are legitimately going to release this or so have when it are you gonna buy for it? sale. <laughs> Dude, it's like six feet tall. I don't, I think it's yeah, taller I've, than six feet tall. Yeah. I've seen stranger wow. things for sale. Uh, you can buy it. You could have, there was a day you could have bought a queen alien for yourself. Well, wow. you know, you know wow. I mean, these, these people, some people have the room and the budget for it. Yeah. So well, you know, I, I guess surprised. Tiger's going to be graduating from high school pretty soon, and he's not going to need that room. I mean, <laughs> it's true. It's true. Welcome to the Godzilla room. It's a side room off of my Godzilla <laughs> That's room. That's right. <laughs> You're, yeah, you'll have to put a catwalk across the stairs. Oh, my gosh. That'd be crazy. But, yeah, this thing is amazing. Actually, there's a photo somewhere. I don't know if it's in this photo stream of someone standing next to it. You can kind of see the scale there. I mean, this thing is huge. Um, that's, it's not, I can't imagine it's actually going to get released. I mean, that's just silliness, but it's a 1991 version from Godzilla versus King Ghidra, which is awesome, but we're going to go ahead and move along. Cause you listening are not looking at the same amazing pictures that we are, unless you are. And then, you know, feel free to pause this if you want to, <laughs> uh, next up, the art of Shin Godzilla book is coming out very soon and it looks promising, but it retails for a hundred bucks. Um, and the only reason I say it looks promising is because we've seen a couple of photos from it. Uh, let's see if I can find them. You gotta here. want your spoilers. You gotta, <laughs> yeah. If I could like, pre- maybe I could pre-order it and have it sitting somewhere in a cart for me until after I see the movie. So yeah, here's like, this is just a shot of the, of the actual maquette. We've already seen these. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is an image, uh, like a pre-production sketch of what Godzilla might have looked like. They went a slightly different direction, but still pretty cool. Will I have a hundred dollar art of Godzilla book in my collection? All Only signs, time will tell. All signs point to yes, actually. But <laughs> man, that dude is all tail, isn't he? He's huge. That's His a tail lot of tail. Yeah, it's a little weird. I'm, uh, you know, we talked about it before. Godzilla's look in this movie is different, you know, but it's mm-hmm. not something that I think we're going to see more than one installment of this particular Godzilla incarnation. So I'm cool with it. I just want to see where they go with it. I don't know what the deal is with the bones in the tail. I think it would be hilarious if they never explained that. And then all (laughs) the Godzilla fans are sitting there going, no, why? Uh, But that's just because I I find joy in other people's pain. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, that, that book looks pretty cool. Um, there's another video here. So like all of the, all of this stuff is ramping up, right? All of the Shin Godzilla is coming to a head because we're about, we're just a little over a month away from the release of that movie. And it's, it's going to be an interesting time. Um, additionally, there is some kind of weird, uh, there's a department store called Parco in, in Tokyo and, or Japan, I should say, I don't know if it's limited to Tokyo. They have a, um, a tie in as well with the King of the Monsters and Shin Godzilla. So they have a little, a little 15 second trailer here with, uh, the Parco mascot, <laughs> which is an adorable little koala with plaid ears. I don't know what this means exactly, but They've got some sort of tie-in going on. This is the cool thing about like an event like this. We haven't seen a Godzilla. Actually, this is the first Japanese Godzilla movie since the Kaiju cast started. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's uh, I'm I am absolutely soaking this all up and just loving every second. Oh yeah, man. loving every mm-hmm. second of it. Uh, yeah. So I don't know what's going to come out of the Parko thing, but I'll just have a link in the show notes to the little small video. 
Next up, uh, man, here we go. We're, I think, starting to wind down <laughs> on, on the news items here. We're on the back half. On the back half. So apparently Godzilla Resurgence – As oh, so Rachel knows this last episode we talked about a company called New World Cinema that was potentially going to be releasing Godzilla Resurgence here mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. States. We didn't know if it was on video. We didn't know if it was theatrical. We didn't know any of that stuff, but – Somebody at Gormaru Island started doing a little digging, and apparently someone might have been trolling Godzilla fans by saying they were going to do this. Oh, no. Who knows what's going to happen eventually, but things are not looking good right now. Um, Who who distributed Godzilla 2000? Godzilla 2000 was distributed by Sony TriStar. See, that's what I thought. And I would... I would hazard a guess that that would be the same situation. I bet Toho still has a relationship with Sony. It would be cool, right? I mean, that would be great if if that happened. I would love to see it released. We talked about this last time. I don't want it to. I don't want to see it get a Godzilla 2000 style release where it's being shown in the multiplexes, where uh, every slack jawed yokel could go, "Hey man, I'm going to go make fun of a Godzilla movie and you know turn it into an MST3K experience." But a small, limited theatrical run, like what they did with Gamera, Guardian of the Universe, mm-hmm. or with uh, Godzilla Final Wars. Technically, some pl- some places did actually play that movie. But, you know, having the movie available is uh, is one thing in and of itself. So we'll see what happens, who it gets distributed by, if it gets distributed by any people. Did that happen in your experience seeing Godzilla 2000? Was it a not a good at theater? Experience? I walked into the theater and there were maybe like four or five other people in the in the movie theater, and I could still hear them laughing. Oh. Yeah, and I I, was like, I, I can't out. throw this popcorn far enough. At this <laughs> I, I I lucked out. I saw it with a crowd of people that that were all there to enjoy it. Nice, oh, nice, and, yeah, nice. very cool. Yeah. Well, yes, I had a bad experience seeing yeah, it in the states, but but you know, I I honestly I don't expect American audiences as a you know the entirety of the big giant collective American audience. I don't expect them to get any of the subtle nuances that we get with Godzilla films. So that's why I don't feel like it needs to go into the multiplexes. I'd rather have a limited release like that. Yeah. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Rachel said her piece on this. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need to rehash. Anyway. So there's a, there's a little write up on Gormaru Island and I'm not going to read any segments of that because if you're interested in that, you want to, point the finger at somebody you should read that article <laughs> it is uh it's too bad that that is that that's what happened or that that's what it looks like it happened mm. but let's move along to some positive news john boyega the guy who played finn in yeah. star wars landed some sort of role in pacific rim 2 which gives me hope that pacific rim 2 is going to see the light of day and you've and yeah. you've talked about the director who's directing that do you know who that is i don't off the top of my head because it's... i think we talked about it it's briefly the, in the last episode, the Did guy we, who was the showrunner for the. It's the guy who was the showrunner for the Netflix first season of oh, Daredevil. Daredevil. Right? Yep. Yes. He okay, took that yeah. over. Good dude. Cool. So you you might be looking forward to that. Then. Totally approve. Oh, totally approve. Whoa, Martin approved. <laughs> Martin approved. Everybody. Yeah. No, I'm, well, let's just I'm end excited. the episode right here then, because there's no way we can go <laughs> okay, anywhere good. further up than that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's cool. That's good. I'm glad that yeah. that it's a in the hands of somebody who can do good work. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're going to get budget wise compared to the first one or what it's going to be about, but you know, they don't want to use my prequel idea. That's okay. 
I don't know if they're still going to be doing that animated series. Something tells me Guillermo del Toro thought that Pacific Rim was a little more popular than it was. And so he started making all these plans for Pacific Rim 2 mm-hmm. and the animated series. And then somebody was like, hey, man, you know, the it's not for everybody. <laughs> right. They loved it in China. <clears throat> no, they, I loved they, it in my heart. For yeah, sure. I, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it, too. But man, China. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Blew up with that film. Definitely. But I wouldn't be surprised if the budget is significantly less than yeah. the first one. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Okay, so I'll have a link in the show notes to an EW, an Entertainment Weekly article about that. There's not much information, but, you know, just for posterity, it's in there. Next up, something that I'm really excited for you guys to see. Uh, and big thanks to both Nicholas and Eli for sending me links to this stuff. There's a new movie called The Lovers and the Despot, and we are going to watch the trailer for that right now. This will be paused in the episode. You won't have to hear it in here, but here we go. (laughs) Dude, right? Oh, I've known about this for a while. Oh, yeah. You knew about the documentary? Oh, I knew all about this, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, I never heard about the documentary before, but Mm -hmm. obviously we know about the book that came out last year. and uh, Mm -hmm. So I have a copy of the audio version of that book. And this particular, I mean... Don't I had get me read wrong. that they were making this. Yeah, I want to read the book. I just don't have. I don't read, obviously. So, uh, you know, seeing something an audiobook can get me. Like, I'll start listening to it. But if it doesn't hold my attention, it's difficult. But man, I am psyched oh, to see this. So, yeah. so, the Lovers and the Despot is a is a movie that's about the kidnapped South Korean filmmaker Shin Sang Ok and uh, actress Cho E. Cho Unhee. Did yeah. I say it wrong? It's Che. Is it Che? It's pronounced, at least on the audiobook is okay. how they say it. I'm going to go with what's on the audio. <laughs> yeah. South Korean? I thought they were Japanese. No, no, they were they were Korean. Were, so were South they, Korean. They were Korean, okay. Yeah. And then, uh, oh man, eventually I will post my interview with Ken Satsuma where I asked him about working in South Korea on uh, Oh yeah. Oh, sorry. Mm. Unfortunately, I didn't have enough time to really get into it with him, but... Maybe someday I'll be able to. He, he worked on that. He he played. He was Polgasari. Oh man! And what he said was that they um, they basically got there and they thought they were going to show the um the Koreans how to make the movies, but after they were there, like so it was it was Satsuma mm-hmm. who played Godzilla, right? Yeah. And it was uh, Nakano who did the special effects for the for the seventies show. Show of films and mm-hmm. for Godzilla 1984. And so they got there and essentially without any malice, according to Satsuma, they were just kind of like, you know what? Let's just do it for you. We're going to just do it. And then, so that's what happened. They, they did that part of it, but the director was kidnapped from, yeah. from Korea. No, I remember all that. I remember yeah. us talking about that. Yeah. It was great. Craziness, craziness. Oh. So anyway, nuts. so I'll have a link to the show notes to the trailer. Yeah, it's exciting. I have already oh, yeah. reached out to Magnolia Films to see mm-hmm. if I can talk to the filmmakers of this particular movie. Cool. And I'm just going to say, like, if there's extra footage that they didn't use in their movie where they talked about Pulgasari, like, can they please give it to me? <laughs> like, <laughs> can I do stuff about it like, with yeah. it? Like, because, like, I'm sure the listeners want to know the whole story, but they also mm-hmm. want to know the whole story about the stuff you didn't talk about too much, which I'm, because you said that in the book, there was only a little it, tiny oh, bit about Pogosari. Yeah, right? yeah, it's a small section on there. Yeah, yeah it'd mm-hmm. be nicer to, to learn more about that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
maybe put it out on on Blu-ray someday. I actually really <laughs> yeah. enjoy the film, so whatever. We're, I'm really excited about this particular documentary, and if it comes to the uh, Hollywood Theater or anything here in town. I know, I'm down. hoping. Oh, man, I'm, yeah. I'm all for that. Oh, I would so yeah. be there. Oh, uh, winding down on our news here, you guys. Uh, so I went in chronological order as these things. So, so the first ones that we talked about were like the oldest stories. Now we're getting <laughs> to the newest stories. So part of the um, program, part of the uh, promotional work that Toho and Japan are doing with Godzilla includes putting a life-size Shin Godzilla footprint, which measures 91.5 feet by 77.2 feet. Wow. Uh, they've dug a Godzilla footprint that big and will it'll be on display June 18th until July 10th. Oh, that's not very long. <laughs> on the on the beach, uh, the Ishikari Beach in Hokkaido, Japan. So yeah, I'll have a link in the show notes to a Crunchyroll article about that. And I'll show these guys right now what the very limited amount of <laughs> the small image that you see right there. Just like, there, there you can that's see cool. a van for scale, which I think is pretty awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so, so I'll have a link in the show notes to that so you can check it out yourself. Uh, and last but not least... This morning, I saw that story about the about the footprint, and then a little bit later on Gormaro Island, I saw that El Rey has announced their Kaiju Lai. And uh, if you are not familiar with Kaiju Lai, they show a marathon of movies every July fourth or beyond of Godzilla movies. And I'm it's all I'm always bummed that I can't actually watch it because I don't have the El Rey network. This year, however. Follow me, Roku users. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to sign up for a trial of, oh man, what was it called? They've got like three things that they're on. They're on the Sling, if you guys are familiar with Sling TV. Yeah. Uh, so they're on Sling and they're on another service. Uh, man, what is that? It is, it's basically, it looks like it's just for soccer. Oh, actually, I think I have it here. So I'm going to get the El Rey trial from Fubo.tv, which is oh, okay. mostly just yeah. soccer. If you see it on the screen there, mm-hmm. watch MLS matches live. That's great and everything. I'm not an MLS fan. But down here at the bottom, they have the El Rey network. So <laughs> if I sign up for a free trial the day before Kaiju Lai starts, then we can watch Kaiju Lai on the, on the <laughs> Roku. Cool. Nice. Yeah. So. I think I when you were just on the last web page on the search, did it say something about it being on the Xbox One? Uh, Did the I see what was that? I don't know. You were just, it was uh, on the search screen where you looked up something on, when you looked it up El Rey on Roku. Yeah. It's, there's, um, there's Sling TV. So there's two ways to get it on the Roku. Okay. There's Sling TV and you don't need the Roku for that. Like the Roku, uh, the Roku is just what I have attached to my yeah. TV, but the, but I was wondering, yeah, I thought I saw something about Xbox one. So I was like, Oh, maybe I can get El Rey network. You might be able to Xbox get, you might be able to get that Fubo app on the Xbox. Oh, one. maybe that's what it was. Or you could get Sling TV on the Xbox one. Uh-huh. I have already signed up for the free trial of Sling TV and then subsequently canceled my account with them. Yeah. So <laughs> I can't get another free trial from them, which is right. why I'm looking forward to the Fubo one. Uh-huh. But yeah, okay. uh, you know, they, they play a ton of movies over the hmm. course of a few days. So if cool. you are, uh, if you want to spend your 4th of July watching giant monster movies, destroy buildings instead of blowing up your own <laughs> small parts of America, then definitely check out the El Rey network uh, for that particular stuff. I've been talking for a long, long time. So I think we're going to play a song. Let's play, uh, let's play a song. Let's take a little bit of a break here. 
Sean Darnell wanted to hear something from Symphonic Fury, which is the Kickstarter concert that happened last year. So uh, let's do that. Let's play a little a little snippet from one of the tracks of that, and then we'll be right back for our wrap-up stuff, which will include housekeeping and uh, catastrophic events.
All right, so we are going to shift gears now. We're going to talk about some housekeeping stuff. Um, this is actually something I don't need these guys here for, but I felt like I would torture them for a little bit longer and make them <laughs> stick around. So G-Fest is happening this year. Obviously, happens every year in Chicago, Illinois. This year, it's taking place on the weekend, I believe, the 15th of, Jan- of July. And uh, here's what's happening KaijuCast related. I am doing one I'm doing two panels (laughs) and uh, one of those panels is a live dramatic comedic reading. I should say comedic, not dramatic. It's a comedic reading of two Godzilla comic books. Uh, If any of you guys saw the video, the link will be in the show notes if you have not, but Keith Foster, Stephen Schilling and I did a comedic dramatic reading of the Godzilla versus the Avengers issues, the the final two <laughs> issues of the Marvel run. And it was hilarious and a lot of fun. And I'm not only saying that because I was on it. I'm legitimately, there were laughs coming from it. So uh, <laughs> totally worth listening to. And if you haven't, if the video actually syncs up the, um, the presentation, like the PowerPoint presentation that I did where I had all the panels and we're, you know, basically reading everything. It's pretty funny, you guys. I don't think I'm doing a good job of selling it, but we're going to be doing another one of those. I'm convinced. <laughs> that Keith Foster guy, he's pretty good at this. He should write a comic book or something. He should write a comic book or <laughs> yeah. make some music. Yeah. Man, get off yeah. your ass. He should Keith. totally Seriously. do music. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so we're going to be doing that at, at uh, G-Fest and I believe the schedule got announced. So make sure you check out the link in the show notes for that as well. Um, additionally, we will be having Saturday night, our listener party, which is something that we do every year. But this year, you guys, we are mixing things up. Charlie Emery from Spooky Pinball. Oh, man, how would I even describe Charlie to you guys? He's a listener, longtime listener. Uh, he's got his own podcast called the Spooky Pinball Podcast. But I don't know if he's still been doing that because he started his own pinball company. Oh, and wow basically is making games for Rob Zombie. Oh, wow. <laughs> so he's a boutique uh, pinball manufacturer? I think so, yeah. Awesome. yeah. Wow. And he's doing a uh, he's doing something for Domino's Pizza. They're, they nice. hired him to do some stuff. Um, anyway, they are... Uh, he says he would love to do a Godzilla game or at least even just take oh, part yeah. in it. I, I'm right there with you, Charlie, man. I would... If somebody was like, what do you think should go in a Godzilla pinball game? I'd be rushing to the stage. Yeah, I got ideas. I have ideas. You know. um, it just so happens I have them with me right now. Can I help with the artwork? It goes on the side. You know, and then, all that stuff. I would, oh man, it would be so rad. Anyway, Charlie has offered to sponsor the listener party. And um, I don't have all the details just right now, but uh, it's sponsored by Spooky Pinball LLC. And uh, he says they're going to be getting a bunch of beer. And beverages and snacks. They're going to make another banner, which is always awesome. And uh, I think we're going to have it at the patio, with the outside patio at the hotel. So more details to come. I'm super excited about that. Big thanks to Charlie. That's freaking awesome that you are willing to do that. And uh, as always, your friendship is appreciated as well. We have the KaijuCast panel, which is going to be... You guys see this cool panda here? So this panda is called Pandan, and he is from a series of what you could call homegrown kaiju, which is a a series called Gotoichi, Gotoichi, I think. I don't know exactly how to say it. I'll figure it out before the panel. But (laughs) the guys who are in charge of this sort of like movement, this this project, that's what it's called, this project, Mm -hmm. they're going to be at G-Fest and I'm going to interview them for the the panel. And we're going to talk about this. So basically every single region of Japan has their own kaiju like Pandan here. (laughs) 
it's crazy and very cool and very, very creative. And I'm, I love all of that stuff. So that's going to be the panel for the Kaiju cast. I'm going to be, like I said, on the dramatic reading panel. Additionally, Vampire Robots, which is a web store helmed by Michael Cherkowski, whose name I hope I'm saying correctly. He has solicited an exclusive cover for a Godzilla issue that was done by Jeff Zorno, the same dude that we were talking about earlier that did those shirts. It looks amazing. So they're going to have that for sale at G-Fest. I'm definitely going to be picking one up. I don't know what other exclusives G-Fest is going to have there, but man, uh, it's always fun to see what they're offering. What else is happening? Oh, okay. So I'm going to be there with Keith Foster, our good friend, Keith Foster. He is not getting in on Friday. He's not getting until Saturday morning and he's tabling at Artist Alley. So this is big news for people who love the Kaiju cast and want to buy stuff. Keith is letting me sell stuff at his table on Friday. Nice. All day Friday. If you want to track me down, talk to me about stuff, buy stuff from me, I'm going to be at the Kadoja table at uh, in Artist Alley at G-Fest for all day Friday. Cool. I will right. not be there Saturday or I will not be there Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I will only be selling things at that table and no other time. That helps. That means I don't have to like carry things with me while I'm walking around the convention. <laughs> all that good stuff. So... That was another big announcement, and I'm really, really happy that Keith is letting me do that. So I'm kind of excited because I have a big portfolio full of prints that I'm ready to sell to you guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also, I think I'm going to be bringing uh, Kaiju Core patches, lanyards, basically anything that I have in my stash of Kaiju Cast stuff. That's going to be at G-Fest with me. Another cool thing that's happening at G-Fest, there's a guy named Jeremy Souls, and he uh, has a website and some other stuff that he's developing called Summit Kaiju. He is a huge X-Plus fan, as am I, as you guys can see behind me. <laughs> oh, you are? Oh, yeah, it's What's true. X-Plus? <laughs> Let me tell you all about X-Plus <laughs> for hours on end. Uh, Jeremy has started Summit Kaiju, and Summit Kaiju is hosting a Kaiju photo contest and uh, so you can enter for your chance to win a gigantic series X plus 1962 Rick exclusive, which for the people who don't spend tons of money on Godzilla stuff in this room who are sitting across from me, <laughs> that figure right next to Martin, the burning Godzilla, that is the gigantic scale. And oh, wow. when I was in Impressive. Japan, when we went to Osaka, we saw them sculpting the 1962 Godzilla. Oh, okay. Oh my God. It's awesome. So anyway, that that's the grand prize of this. He's also got some other stuff to give away. The first place winner of this photo contest will be featured in an upcoming uh, Summit Kaiju iOS mobile app. Uh, you can join us in person for the Fresh Vinyl Live and the live Summit Kaiju Facebook stream July 16th, 2016 at 1240 p.m. Central Time in Ballroom 1. Winners will be announced at the end of the Fresh Vinyl Live panel at G-Fest. And uh, if you are not going to be at the actual convention, you can still enter. And basically, there's uh, there's the official rules and so forth. So it's a photo. It's, so a lot of people take these X-Plus figures, which look so beautiful and so realistic, and they put them into these beautiful scenes. And they take these amazing photos that look like they came straight from the movies. Hmm. It's amazing. So uh, people are going to be doing those kinds of photo uh, submissions, I guess you could say, and entering those in the contest. Of course, I will have links in the show notes to that. The links uh, would include the Summit Kaiju contest page, the official rules page, and a video that Jeremy made 
sort of explaining what the deal is with this. And uh, it's pretty awesome to be asked to be a part of this. Uh, we have a whole bunch of judges, and I am one of those judges, which is why I'm even pimping this in the first place. <laughs> uh, but I'll have links in the show notes to all that stuff so you can check it out. I think that is everything I wanted to talk about for G-Fest. I guess a good segue is I will not have shirts for sale at G-Fest. Do you know why I won't have shirts for sale at G-Fest? You don't have any? I don't have any shirts. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have any shirts. But I know what? that because I, my shirt has this weird like dryer burn mark or something on the side of it that I have no oh, clue what happened. Oh, your shirt? Yeah, yeah. And so I need to replace mine, but I know you don't have any in stock. <sighs> Man, if only I had yeah. some good news for you, Rachel. Good oh, news, oh, Rachel! Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's like I won a prize. The Redbubble store is now up and running, and you can go yes. to the KaijuCast Redbubble store and get your own KaijuCast swag. We have awesome. categories. So there's a KaijuCast category. There's a Monsters and Aliens category. There's a Kaiju Nostalgia category. Mm. So I encourage people to go and check that stuff out. I guarantee you that nothing in that store is something that I didn't think was awesome and that I would wear. So there you go. I'll have a link in the show notes to that. I've been working on putting stuff up on the store. And more is coming. That box that I showed you guys with all the paper materials, Mm -hmm. there's going to be some scanning involved. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, seriously, lots of really cool stuff for sale in that store. And um, Is there a a Hail to the King movie poster in there? There is. Hey, did you order that? Yeah, I have it. How did it look? Uh, It looks great. It looks great. It's it's an odd size. I didn't get the largest one. I got like one down on it. It was a little bit of an odd size, so it didn't quite fit in a frame. It fits in the frame well. It's just an oversized frame is what I got. It's hanging on the wall at the studio. Now, did you get the framed one or did you frame it yourself? I framed it. Okay. So, but quality, like, can you, because I haven't seen it yet. This is one of those things, Redbubble, for those that do not know, is a company that you can put all of this stuff, like logos that you upload, your own artwork, you can put them on a ton of different products and so forth. So It's the cafe press of the modern times. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, to be perfectly honest, it's very similar to cafe press. Mm -hmm. It's very similar to T-Fury or T-Public. It's, Mm -hmm. there's a bunch of places like this. I don't know why I chose Redbubble necessarily, but I did, and I really like what they have. So I'm handing this iPad over to Rachel so she can ooh and ah <laughs> yeah. at all the stuff that I've done. I know for, I know one thing in particular. I know she's one that want, I'm yep. gonna get. But anyway, it was a lot of fun to to <laughs> build uh, these products, and to be perfectly honest, like I'm a graphic designer by trade, and I had a lot of fun designing Godzilla related. <laughs> clothing some of it's a little overt some of it's not there's kaiju cast stuff and there's kaiju cast related stuff so enjoy and buy while you can if i ever get a letter saying to take a thing off of a store i'm absolutely doing that <laughs> i don't want to get in trouble <laughs> but i've got some stuff on order and it should be getting to the yeah. house in the next couple of days i'm looking forward to it yeah. nice Next weekend, we will be watching Ultraman Tiga and Ultraman Dyna, Warriors of the Starlight, for our Daikaiju discussion. If you have that on DVD or know where to get it or whatever, how to watch it, make sure to send in your submission before Saturday, June 25th, to have your thoughts, questions, and reviews. Not like I'd be able to answer questions about this movie, but uh, submitted for the Daikaiju discussion episode. This is going to be an interesting one. I talked about this in the little intro to the last episode, but... I bought this movie solely as, like, I'm going to support the genre. Plus, uh, one of these Hobby Japan magazines that I have behind me showed me what the monsters were from that movie before it came Hmm. out or before it was available. And it 
Do you know who Sibos is? Yeah. Uh, you do? Yeah, you do I know, know who Sibos is. is. Yeah. So um, there's an Ultraman monster. Subi I don't remember. Which he's one? In between. He's the bones are on the outside. Oh, I love that guy. Yeah, so, yeah, okay. So the monster, one of the monsters in this Ultraman movie, looks kind of like Sibos and Destroya had a baby. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, sorry. I need to be clear for you, Rachel. And then grew up to be a terrifying monster. No. It's not a baby monster in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a it's kind of fun and i'm looking forward to watching it. it it came out in the mid 90s so there we go if you want to have your thoughts questions and reviews for the film make sure to send it in before june 25th to be included in the episode and then because i did things out of order we're going to go into our catastrophic events as we often do here on the kaiju cast uh there are giant monster actors coming to conventions near you Starting things off with G-Fest, which is happening, oh my gosh, like just in a couple of weeks. I can't believe it's coming up so fast. The guest of honor is going to be Mr. Akira Takarada. You know what? Uh, I should yeah. I should try and bring him something awesome from the, I'm definitely going to, I mean, he definitely got a Blu-ray copy of, of the movie, mm-hmm. but like maybe I can get him, maybe I'll get him a poster or something. I don't know. Maybe I'll buy something for him on the Redbubble store. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh, also, special guest Ben Furuya, the guy who played Ultraman and then uh, played, I think, Imagi and the Ultra 7 Garrison. Next, also Hiroko Sakurai from Ultraman and from Ultra Q and beyond is going to be at G-Fest. That's going to be awesome. I met her super briefly. Um, I think it was at one of the Monster Paloozas. They had like an Ultraman reunion. So I met them. But I didn't have a translator with me, so I was basically only able to speak a teeny tiny little bit of Japanese to them and tell them how much I love their work. That's pretty much it. So this time, I got my fingers crossed that I can actually get interviews with some of these guys. Actually, it'd be fun to interview Takarada mm-hmm. and actually sort of talk to him about some of the other stuff that we haven't talked about in our interviews that he could like elaborate on. Anyway, I'm getting uh, ahead of myself because none of these things are set in stone yet. They also have Linda Miller from King Kong Escapes. Oh, she nice. is going to be at G-Fest. And you know what? I'm totally going to interview her. <laughs> and I'm going to ask her to tell me everything about working on that movie. Uh, additionally, Yoshikazu Ishii is going to be there. He has been a special effects director on some of the Ultraman stuff and Daimajin Canon. He also was the first assistant director of special effects on Final Wazoo. Speaking of Godzilla-related uh, behind-the-scenes dudes, Hiroshi Sagai is coming back. He is a sculptor and uh, master of the craft, I would say. He is going to be sculpting some cool stuff for the show, as usual, I'm sure. Um, actually, I think I heard that one of the things that they were working on is not going to be making it. So, uh, can you see the G-Fan poster by the door from where you guys are sitting? I think so. Yes. Yeah. So, that is the monster in that poster is named G-Fantis. Terrible oh, yeah. name, but <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. It's you know they needed a monster that they could put on stuff so that they weren't constantly ripping off Soho. So <laughs> there were they were going to make a G Fantas figure like in the marmot style. Oh. I was one hundred percent on board with bringing one of those home, <laughs> but I think it's not going to be ready for the show. Who knows if it's going to be ready or not? But if it is, uh, I think Sagai is part of that. But Sagai is actually part of this whole Gotouchi Kaiju thing. So he's going to be on the panel with me along with his partner in that group as well. Additionally, oh my gosh, because the list isn't over. Robert Scott Field, of course, is going to be there. M11 from King. Oh my gosh, you guys. (gasps) I didn't tell you about this. I wish I could show it to you, but 
there was a guy who came to the show last year. He was on the panel that we did about independent kaiju filmmakers. Mark Harmio was on the panel as well. He did a Jet Jaguar, a proof of concept sort of style mm-hmm. trailer. It was freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, not perfect, mm-hmm. but for a fan-made thing, way better than 90% of the fan-made stuff that I have seen. Now, he falls into some tropes that I'm sure would annoy the crap out of you, Martin. Like, <laughs> there were some, there's a lot of lens flare going on. There's a lot of extraneous dust and, uh, you know, but, but it, they did it really, really well. And mm-hmm. to be perfectly honest, I don't see a lot of trailers coming out of Japan that make me excited for stuff. So, yeah. uh, like, I got more excited for that than I did watching the Shin Godzilla trailer. And I like the Shin Godzilla trailer. So, nice. Uh, just a heads up there for people. That dude was at, Monster Palooza, and he showed us the trailer because I didn't get to see it at G Fest, and it was like the updated version with better special effects. Mm. Oh man, it was super cool. M11 is in that. Robert Scott. Oh sweet. Sort of plays it. It, it he plays. Whatever character he plays, like I don't know what the deal is, but he looks like a badass, and it's kind of cool because M11 has not really aged very well. Uh, not the not the actor. I mean the actual character the f- yeah. in the movie his little Terminator running and his, my boss <laughs> things. It's just, they haven't aged as well. So it's really cool to see Robert Scott field in something new, even though we probably won't ever actually get to see that as a, as a real thing, but maybe, maybe we can get a YouTube link from the director. Anyway, M11, Robert Scott field will be there helping out August Ragoni, author of AG super. I master of monsters will be there. Of course, uh, they've got a special, Special guest presenter, Tony Isabella, who uh, was a Marvel Comics and DC Comics editor and writer, etc. And I'm not sure, I can't remember exactly what his connection was, but he's going to be there. Carl Craig is going to make a special appearance. Carl Craig played the kid, I want to say Jim, in Gamera versus Viras. So oh, he, they, well. it was the two like Boy Scout kids yeah. and the American kid, Carl Craig, is going to be there. <laughs> nice. Then last guest that they've announced on the website, they, there may be more. Who knows? Sojiro Uchino. Oh, no. Sorry. Sojiro Uchino is the other guy from Gotachi Kaiju who's going to be on the panel. And he – you've seen Ultraman. Mm-hmm. You guys seen Ultraman? I have not. So the Gamora episode of Ultraman is where the kid mm-hmm. finds the beta capsule. Yeah. And he's like obsessed with Gamora and, and, the, and Kaiju. That kid, the actor who played that kid, grew up and is Sojiro Ushino. So oh, cool. he's going to be at the convention too. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that was a lot of time to talk about the uh, the G Fest <laughs> guests. We are going to move on to Phantom Fest, which is just a couple of weeks afterwards, from July 29th to the 30th in Louisville, Kentucky. You know what I should do? Our company just bought Louisville 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 Slugger, Slugger really. Yeah, so our company wow. just bought Louisville Slugger. I should be like, yeah, you guys should send me to Louisville to the Bat Factory on July 28th. Yes, <laughs> you should do that. <laughs> because uh, Phantom Fest is going to have the first ever appearance anywhere of the four Godzilla suit actors together. Mm. Four, Haru Nakajima, Kenpachiro Satsuma, Tom Kitagawa, Sutomo Tom Kitagawa, and Mizuho Yoshida, who played the GMK Godzilla. They're all oh, wow. four of them are going to be there, along with Ben Furuya, who played Ultraman. It's going to be a suit awesome. actor extravaganza. I'll have a link in the show notes to Phantom Fest for that. Also, Power Morphicon 
get ready for me to butcher some names, <laughs> Japanese names, because I'm not a Power Rangers guy. But Power Morphicon is happening August 12th through the 14th in Los Angeles, California. It is the first USA appearance of the four Zio Ranger actors together. It is the first USA appearance of Keiichi Wada from Die Ranger. I think I'm doing okay so far. <laughs> okay, here we go. Also, Yuta Mochizuki is going to be there. Seiju Umon, Takumi Hashimoto, Reiko Chiba, Keiichi Wada, and Tsutomo Kitagawa. Hey, I didn't butcher the names. That's right. Yeah, I'm awesome. Anyway, you go to <laughs> officialpowermorphicon.com for those tickets, etc. And last but not least, I think, right? Yes, last but not least, Alien Con. Bear with me. Alien Con is happening in Santa Clara, California from October 28th through October 30th. It is the first West Coast convention where the appearance of all three Godzilla suit actors are going to be there. Mm. They've got Haru Nakajima, Kenpachiro Satsuma, and Tsutomo Kitagawa. And like I said, that's happening at the end of October. I think I'm definitely going to that one. Where is that one? Uh, Santa Clara, California. Okay. So I think what we're going to do is we'll probably like fly down to San Francisco. I'll probably take Lady Kyle if she's feeling up to it. And we'll stay in San Francisco and then drive. It's not a bad drive even the whole way. It's not way bad, right? No, oh, no. I've, from here, yeah. I've to Santa Clara, here. it's not that far. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's relative. It's it's not that bad a It's drive. just south of San Francisco, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've, we've driven to San Francisco before. But, yeah, it's like that takes an entire day. So it, you've it got does. a day that travel either way. That is so true. I'd prefer to just, like, bite the bullet and, and buy the flights cheap. <laughs> buy the fl- fly cheap, you guys, and uh, <laughs> and get down there to see those those particular actors. Uh, you can go to thealiencon.com to see more of that information. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. That's, that's like just got announced recently as well. That pretty much does it for the episode. I know we are going to wrap up with another song, but uh, I'll figure out what that is later. And we'll just go ahead and say, if you found the Kaiju Cast through iTunes or some other podcaster or some podcast directory, point your web browser to kaijucast.com so you can see everything that we are about. We have... Uh, every episode that we've ever done, we have the Daikaiju discussion schedule up there. We have a contact form where you could submit your homework and uh, make music requests and so forth, all on kaijucast.com. Not to mention links to our social media websites, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, YouTube, and uh, I think that's it. I hope there's not any more. Anyway, uh, hey, there's also links to our friends' websites as well. So you can go straight to scifijapan.com or the good, the bad, the Godzilla, August's blog, all that stuff you can get to straight from kaijucast.com. Uh, and thank you guys for being here. Thanks. Thank, thank you. you. Glad to be here. I think that's it. Unless I'm forgetting stuff, I don't think I really need to say anything else. Don't forget about your uh, Daikaiju discussion homework. And we will be back for another episode real soon. Jamata. Jamata.